Welcome to episode 47 of the Fiverr Together podcast. Howdy. <laughs> okay, that, this is a serious disclaimer here. I don't even know why we have to do this. Maybe I'm just saying this for my own peace of mind. But we're going to be covering some... Adult topics. I don't even I don't even agree with that label. I don't either. <laughs> Human topics that regards to sexuality. That some people might be sensitive to. There's going to be explicitness. Uh, hopefully not unnecessarily, but then hopefully a little unnecessarily, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean. so if you're not into that, we'll see you next time. Yeah. But if you're into that, we're glad you're here. Listening to the Fight for Together podcast. I was um, telling Cammy I wasn't thinking I was going to smoke tonight, and she, you acted like you were. But I like I betrayed you. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel bad for smoking on the podcast. Like I'm not, like I'm ruining someone's day. Really. I, yeah, just because smoking in our culture, for a lot of people, I think, is considered, like, lowly or kind of rude, especially to do it in a type of production thing like this. Well, now I'm lighting a cigar. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, I, I'm... Not, a, I mean, I'm fine, actually. I was fine with... I just had to get over it. I just had to be like, oh, okay, Ben's not smoking. But I... So I considered not smoking, and I was like, fuck that. Like, I want to smoke, so I'm going to do it. And then I was fine. Here we are, smoking. Um, that's going to be the least controversial thing we talk about today for some of you. I'm actually... Man, I, I was excited about today's podcast, and then I got a little nervous. So this is a two-part thing on the topic of sex. So Faith Lercy, eat your heart out out there. She said that she likes to click on the podcast that have the word sex in the title. And when Ben gets nervous, you know there's something <laughs> good coming up. Okay. So there's two things we're covering today and a little story. This is titled, How to Keep Marriage Sexually Exciting, based upon our experience. I mean, I, I like the title better, How We Have Kept Our Marriage Sexually Exciting. Ten things. I had to make up the tenth, because Whoa. we only had nine. Oh, great. What did you make up? Well, it's actually a good one. It's not made <laughs> okay. up. I just had to come up with it. <laughs> but this comes on the tail of a news article that came out, which I think would be a great time to play our new sound effect. The Stranger released its 2019 sex survey results. So for those of you that are not familiar with The Stranger, The Stranger has a soft spot in my heart because it's like the crazy alternative newsletter from Seattle. Even when we were way more conservative, you you really liked this 
or liked reading. I like the sex column parts of it. That's where, if you've heard of the, um, the column "Savage Love" by Dan Savage, he's from Seattle, and he was the one of the main editors of The Stranger. And they have it's like a crazy liberal political um, news letter, and I don't really consider myself much of a political guy, but so. But, but it's nostalgic for me to, to see this survey come out. And the survey, like, for a public newsletter, it's possible that there's cities in the world that would release a more graphic or obscene or something like sex survey. But I don't know where you'd find them. <laughs> Maybe uh, New York? So. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Portland. That's where I thought it might be, but I actually think because of Dan Savage's influence in Seattle, Mm -hmm. I think Seattle is kinkier. Mm. Now, I I don't know that from personal experience, but the city that might shake a stick at Seattle is San Francisco. Mm. I think they stand a chance. Okay. So I don't know. What about Amsterdam? Amsterdam, they market sex more. I don't know if it's really as politically charged as Seattle. Seattle's a weird place because in Amsterdam, yeah, everything kind of goes from what I've seen. Yeah. But then again, it's also not a huge part of their culture. I don't know if I feel like Amsterdam, it's just a part of their culture to be more sexually accepting. They're not trying to prove a point. Yes, exactly. Okay. Let's get into this. Um, so this this is like a long survey, and we're not going to go over most of it. They have most fuckable Democratic presidential candidates. And I don't know any of these guys' <laughs> names, so this is like totally not interesting to me. There's no women? women what? On the, oh, yeah, there's women. Oh, you said oh. guys. I said guys. But okay, you meant. People. I don't know. Yeah, Dudes, okay. folks, whatever. Um. This is um, an interesting statistic, given what we're going to talk to you guys about from our personal experience today. A little foreshadowing. Anal. 72% of straight guys have fucked butt, according to this. 72% of straight women have had their butt fucked. I guess that... It's the same. It's the same, which I I think that makes sense, right? I don't know. I guess. So yeah. 72% of... But this is where the survey, these statistics are really kind of uninforming. Mm-hmm. Is the types of people that fill this particular survey out are people that read the Stranger Newsletter. And they're all kind of like from this one like Seattle cesspool sex culture. And I don't say cesspool in a negative way. I just I mean it's like kind of... Um, it's a niche. It's a niche. Um, cheating. Of all the people who completed our anonymous survey, roughly half admitted to having cheated on a partner. Of those cheaters, 57% were women. And 36% are men. Hmm. I feel like that's not what I would expect to be more women. Yeah, and it's an anonymous survey, so do you think people lie on it? Lie in the affirmative. Yes, I've cheated. 
Just period. Like on an anonymous survey, do people like give answers that aren't true? I don't know what the incentive would be to give answers that weren't true. I think sometimes people lie to themselves and they want to be a certain thing. So like, let's say if you view yourself as like a really kind of a Romeo and you're like, oh, have you had one to two sexual partners or three to four or five to seven? And you're like, eh, well, five to seven, <laughs> even though, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't doubt the results, even though. I don't always trust people. Um, okay. Here you go. 28% of people have had an orgasm on a boat. I think this is this last year. Or maybe it's ever. Maybe it's ever. This is Seattle, so... Yeah, so they have their, there's access next to water. to a lot of boats. And I can honestly say I've never had an interest in having sex on a boat. I don't think. Only an airplane. Hey, hey, hey. Ah, giving what are away doing? Just giving away stuff left and right here? <laughs> or still talking about the survey, Cammie's mm -hmm. anonymous survey. Okay. Okay, but if we're going to break anonymity, let's go to the next one. 54% of people have had sex in a hot tub. Do you have anything you'd like to share about this last year and your experience? I've done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was there. That it's was fun. It's helpful to use silicone lube. Yes, because it's not water-based. That's a free tip for y'all. We were advised that. It was good advice. Okay, sex work. I thought this was interesting. One in ten people who took our survey said they'd received money, gifts, or drugs in exchange for sex work. That's 10% of people. You said... 10% of the group that they surveyed? Yes. Huh. Have basically done sex yeah. work. Which, okay, let's be honest here. Mm -hmm. You want to be honest? Oh, about ice cream? Yeah. Oh, you knew where I was going. I knew where you were going. Wow. Back in the day. Wow, 15 years. Okay, so. 15 years. I was going to say I'm not proud of this, but I'm also not ashamed of it because... We've been married 19 years. I, yeah, but I think this was about 15 years ago. Maybe. I think it was less than that. <laughs> really? It was for, uh, the townhome. Yeah, I feel like we did that up for the first 10 so, years of our marriage or something. Okay. Here well. and there. May, I don't know. I don't really remember. But Well, we've definitely <laughs> traded <laughs> sex. And, and this is where, if you're from one of those people that you're like, oh, sex workers are bad. I'm like, come on. Mm -hmm. Like. You know, I mean, I get where you're coming from. It has a negative reputation, but I think sex can be traded. Yeah, it's like, I don't really want to do the dishes. Like, how about you do the dishes and I'll give you a back rub? Or I don't know. I'm trying to think of some kind of, I mean, like. <laughs> I but, don't want a back rub, though. Right. Okay, whatever. But, like, I'm trying to think of another scenario because I think sex is put into this category where it's like sacred or like there should be reverence around it so therefore you shouldn't trade things for it like including money with it or trading makes it less special yeah so the story goes i'll, I'll just i'll spill the beans yeah i mean just take um, your version 
my version of this story that we're hinting at is back in the day, well, who are we kidding? Still today, but definitely back in the day, Ben wanted sex more than I did. And so... And Just I, every day. Every day, twice a day. No, I don't know. But so there would be this scenario, especially early on, where he wanted sex and I didn't really want sex. But I also didn't really want to how do I how do I say this to not make you sound like I I like I really struggled with and I still do but hey, just can you, can I'm, you I know talk? this is hard like this is, this is like, hard like we don't have all okay that whatever now. I don't care how I sound but or you sound but I didn't want to hurt Ben's feelings and make him upset with me sounds so god awful but whatever really to me I, I guess I still have shame around this all right but, spit it out so I would <clears throat> I don't know I think you would maybe come up with Holy it shit. can I tell the story please just wait a second <laughs> we could have been done like a so minute. Ben would say how about we have sex and then we'll go get some ice cream oh blizzard blizzard it wasn't just ice cream dairy queen you get to choose a topping yeah, because and the I was like, was like, okay, was like a two minute walk from our front door. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, and I remember feeling pretty shitty about that. Like I remember feeling like, like I had mixed feelings because I felt good, as in like, but now looking back, I'm like, who cares? Like I'm getting something, he's getting something. What's the big deal here? I felt a tiny incy wince, shitty, but not really. I thought it worked out great. Yeah. And now, like sometimes I got a blizzard. Present too. day, it's not blizzards, but a lot of times I'll just be like, "Hey, all right, but you gotta give me a five minute back rub, and then maybe by then I'll be in the mood." I don't know. Well, if both we'll parties see. are happy. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyways. Okay, so sex work. Jeez, that was a tangent to say that I bought you for blizzards. Um. Oh, this is interesting. that specific so two-thirds of people say they've thought of someone else while having sex with their primary partner doesn't seem like a big deal to me at all well yeah okay it's like a fantasy i think that yeah that's what we're supposed to talk about ah okay (laughs) um i mean i guess it could be a big deal doesn't that seem like really low like two-thirds of people, yeah. unless people actually aren't having sex, mm-hmm. you're saying like the thought of someone else or even another scenario don't doesn't How go through specific? Your mind. Was this like someone they knew? Anyone says, else. Okay. So it could be a fictional person. Well, like fucking Harry Potter or something? Yeah. I don't know. Like Keanu Reeves? Any, anything. Like a movie scene like some actor what fictional person do you think of i'm not saying this because of personal experience but (laughs) (laughs) you're you're talking for a friend yeah hypothetically speaking i mean what if you like you know had this like fantasy about like a movie oh of um jamie lannister no all right moving right along (laughs) um two-thirds that seems a little bit low to me yeah I wouldn't, yeah, I don't know. 
Maybe people are lying. <laughs> Even just to themselves. Because to me, it's like, I don't know how you would not. Like, now, okay, maybe it's not a specific person that you know. But you can't, how do you turn off your fucking brain? Like, while you're having sex. In that, like, because, you know, like, a thousand thoughts are flooding through your brain, like, every couple minutes, you know? So it's just, I mean, I, I'm just pulling those numbers. A thousand <laughs> out of guys, my, a thousand naked out of movie my, stars but, are flowing but, through your brain, you know? But my point is... You're out of your butt. That's like, yeah. Uh, that's like foreshadowing. My point is... I don't know. You just can't control your brain, so. Well, I know what the other camp says, as they say, sure as hell you can control your brain, and you ought to try. And even if you can't, you should die trying. I don't think we believe it's a worthy endeavor anymore to try and control your brain in that way. Like, there's nothing wrong with... Well, let me just say, I think it's a losing battle. Okay. Um... I do want to talk about a couple things here because we've, we've talked about this on our podcast, but it's funny when we talked about to our therapist about this, all he said, and he was a religious dude, by the way, but all he said was if you think about another person or a scenario during sex, you might want to not think about them during your orgasm because there's some sort of like physical impression that happens that associates the some sort of like neurological imprintation or something that it that begins to associate that memory then with the biological response of an orgasm Mm -hmm. which i don't actually have a problem with that either but if you're using sex for bonding purposes yeah yeah if your purpose you might not want to do that or you might just want to be aware of that right yeah which i thought that was interesting but the second thing that we've learned in regards to sexual fantasies and is that it's information. Um, I, I had a sexual fantasy about a nude beach for a long time. And I, for a long time I thought, oh, I'm just a sicko. Like I'm a voyeur. Like I can't be happy with Cammy and marriage and this and that. And then I realized that the sexual fantasy, it's not just sexual. It's actually my deepest being. Um, I'm an Enneagram 8. Coming out of the closet here. Just slip that in. Um, And I've been obsessed with most of my life with freedom and transparency and honesty in every way. Spiritually, financially, um, storytelling. It's probably why our vlog and podcast have a high degree of authenticity that people are constantly commenting about. And in our sex life, or my viewpoint of women, men, clothing, and culture, it's no different. My dream scenario is a world where people can just be themselves emotionally and physically. Yeah. And the, the best scenario I had for that was a nude mm-hmm. beach. So to get sexually aroused or triggered or orgasm like to that scene, it's very complicated. It's not, you know... It was also very forbidden for you for most of your life. What? To Fantasies or new beaches? Both. Yeah. But anyways, this book that we I read a little bit of, it was suggesting 
instead of just spending all your energy trying to turn the fantasy off, which most psychologists would agree is actually counterproductive or impossible, you take that information about whatever your fantasy is and you bring it to the relationship to explore if there's any validity, which I would say there's, there's always validity to information or feelings or desires. Mm-hmm. And you see if there's a way that you and your partner can express it together. Mm-hmm. So, and we did this, not only with a nude beach scenario, but if I was just to say with Cami, hey, is there a way that we can explore more adventure and freedom sexually in our relationship? You know, it keeps me from having to develop a fantasy world or to cheat on her to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which isn't, uh, we don't believe it's wrong to do what? that, to have a fantasy world. But it, I think it's maybe ideal to be able to explore your fantasies in real life as long as it's not going to hurt anyone else. Okay, moving along. Then there's this like whole survey of most popular kinks. You want to guess what the most popular kink is? Uh, BDM, is that what it's called? Ooh, BDSM. BDSM. Um, you know, I think... Bondage. I think you're kind of right. This would definitely fit in that category. Um, but it's, it's very simple. Yeah, spanking. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. So, like... <laughs> I just said that because uh, no particular reason. You know, I know people that are interested. <laughs> um, no, that's not really our thing. No, it's it's not. I don't think it's my thing, but I've wondered. Given, like... Ooh. Given my some childhood experiences I've had. We've, we've met a lot of people that it is their thing. But I think it's one of those things with me when... if. Because a lot of fantasies, actually, once you uh, take them out of the fantasy world, um, you realize you really don't want them. Not all, but some of them. So that could be it for me. You're more interested in the fantasy than the actual reality. Yeah. Okay, so... So spanking. Also high on this list, there's probably about like 30 things on this list. We're not going to go through them. But in the top five is group sex. That, to me, that's an, that's that's fascinating. Um, then voyeurism and exhibitionism are also in the top 10. And those, I, what the hell is a kink? I guess by definition, a kink it's, is almost something that's just like unpopular. It's it's not the, it's the kind of thing if you were to say it in a crowd of people, they'd be like, it's just like a random crowd of people, they'd be like, uh. <laughs> but but not this, because they're, and that's, and it's just because it's not socially normal. This spanking Fifty-eight percent of people say they're into it, which is more than half of the population, at least of the people that took this test. Well, but it's like not—it's socially like you're not supposed to talk about it, at least. Whatever the hell that means. So maybe that's so like, even like group sex, voyeurism, exhibitionism. Those are all around forty percent of people are at least interested in that. Then you have this is a fascinating one. I mean, you have a million things on this list that are just like, you know, stuff. Then you have incest family role play. That's been a fascinating like thing in the porn scene, which is like having sex with my brother-in-law, having sex with my mom or dad. Like someone, so role play, so someone's role playing mom or dad. Yeah, it's not actually <laughs> happening, I don't think. But 
And I, I think most people are interested in the role play more than they are the actual thing. And I think for a lot of people, especially like those that are like virtue signaling, they'd be like, oh, sick. Oh, gross. And okay, fine, whatever. You can have your opinion. But if we want to look a little deeper as to why this is about 12% of the people that took this test are interested in this kink, I think there's probably something there in terms of uh, people probably want to have close relationships with their parents. Mm-hmm. and they associate sexuality with who they really are mm-hmm. and they don't feel close to their mom or their parent or sometimes brother or sister. Yeah. And they, like, those why, they, like, it makes sense that people would have that desire um, to at least explore that mentally. Yeah, I think we don't probably realize how interconnected everything is in us with that sexual intimacy is very interconnected to emotional intimacy and just physical intimacy that without the sexual component but like you know those are all they're very closely related so even if i mean you you could maybe not truly want to have sex with your mom um but you're maybe always craved um, emotional intimacy with her that you never got. So somehow this is like scratching that itch. This is just my like, I don't know. Sure. And I guess what I want people to feel from hearing some of this is that there's no like, stuff always makes sense. Like when you know like what's behind and underneath it, our culture lends itself to these words that's like kink pervert um weirdo like that that type of stuff and we're not talking about stuff that um violates any other people uh like i think our main standard with sexuality is what's consensual and at least right now and it's been a moving target for us um with where we've come from we've dedicated plenty of episodes to our spiritual background, where we've come from. Um, moving along. Okay, this is... Now we're getting to the weirdo zone. Okay, this is the people. It's like under 10%. Like, this is the last five. And do you know what one of them is? You won't guess it. Are we now talking about, like, bathroom stuff? Okay, well, shit is... yeah. The, that's what I was the last say. one. That's okay. like two percent of people are into sh- like poop and shit and yeah. stuff. Actually, pee I think is higher up there. Mm-hmm. But no, the one, two, three, four, five, was six. Was there seven, like a period? Eight, a period thing? Blood. Uh, no. It's got to be on here. Mm-hmm. There's like every every body fluids on here basically. Okay. Um. No, but this is one that you can. You should you should relate to. I'm just going to read it. Cigar slash smoke. What? Look at it right there. Fucking pervert. So, like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> you smoke while you're having sex? I don't know. Who's to say? Oh, no wonder all the older guys like looking at me when I'm See? at the nudist resort smoking a cigar. <laughs> yeah, they all brought you cigars. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're like. They were those. That this is my. 6%. This is my kink. That's, huh. 
Okay, moving right. on from this list. I guess I'm kinky. Um, so then there's this whole list of sexiest thing you did in the last year. And there's all these people just wrote these things in. And it's, I don't know, it's mildly interesting, I guess. Someone made a porn film in the loft of a mountain cabin, fucked a guy in a Darth Vader helmet, planned a threesome with a couple. Oh, I think this one's interesting. Planned a cup threesome with a couple and beforehand wrote out fantasies and then pulled them out of a hat and performed them. That's a unique scenario. Most I don't think most marriages people could actually do that. Most marriages, people don't communicate their fantasy to their spouse. Yeah. And they wouldn't have the safety or the even the um, energy. I mean, it, it takes a certain degree of energy to and vulnerability to take this type of initiative. I think mean, a lot of people, they're like missionary, once a week. In the dark. Roll over. Night, night. <laughs> Uh, this one sounds fun too. Had an entire day devoted to sex and eating ribs naked. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if I do the ribs now, but mm. you know, beets. You yeah, would do, you beets would do beets or French fries, mm. whatever. Blizzards. Okay. Um, then there's this list. The last thing is there's this list called one thing you want to accomplish sexually before you die. So these people like put it's like their ultimate bucket list. Yeah. And there's a lot of like sex in places, sex in a boat, sex on an elevator, sex in a semi rig, sex in a graveyard, sex on a pool table, sex on the altar of a Catholic church. <laughs> um and it gets there's more, but I think it's really interesting that people are they have all these fantasies. I I can relate to this. I I feel like I had a lot I don't feel like I have as many anymore. Um, part of, like, what you said, the fantasy is so much more interesting than the actual reality. I mean, like, sex on an elevator. Like, what's really interesting about sex on an elevator? Like, you do it, and you're like... It's the, you could get caught. Yeah, there's, like, something else element. behind it. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, like, taboo. The adventure. The, um... <coughs> maybe the normalcy of it like elevators are a place for like workers that take life seriously so you're kind of like giving a middle finger to that i don't know what it is but what i found is as we've like grown sexually and scratched our itches i used to have like a very robust sexual fantasy world where i never felt like i was getting enough and i was like oh i want to like have sex on the beach and have you know all these things but the more that i feel like we've been honest and addressed our fantasies the less i have this like bucket list of like kind of I don't want to say weird things because I'm sure they're real to people. Well, but... and addressing our fantasies looks like, in some cases, actually trying to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Which leads us to part number two of this podcast. This is where it's going to get interesting. So, of course, we're going to take a break for a little sponsor thingamajig at 31... 19 okay and i did want to pause for a little bit and just talk about our motive for sharing about this because i was a little bit nervous to talk about this kind of stuff um there's a lot of art culture is such a fascinating combination of highly highly sexual 
and yet highly, highly puritanical. It's it's highly sexual in only certain ways. Yeah. Like mar- like the market world or any entertainment world is is like fair game for that. I'm going to need the wine for this. Where's the down sangria? down there? Um it's often like jokes are are totally cool in our culture. But I think anytime you take it out of the superficial realm, it's it becomes taboo. People get nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you're if this is a comedy movie, there'll be a ton of jokes. I mean, hell, if it's if you're driving down the freeway and it's just like an advertisement, like every woman is sexualized. I mean, everyone's like skinny and like curvy. Oh. And either are photoshopped and, and skimpy. Yeah. But when you start saying, like, oh, hey, we're married. We have six kids. When you actually talk about your real life. And we had wild sex last night. People be like, uh, okay, that's, like, not cool. Like, you're talking in front of your kids. And all of a sudden they act as if, like, our kids don't know what sex is or got stupid or something. And as if that's more damaging somehow than all the other sexualized messages our kids are constantly receiving just by being in this society. So here at Fight for Together which by the way is Cammy and I <laughs> um, I'm your host. Surprise! Um, it sounded all official. Um, we our freedom both as individuals and as a married couple and as parents and just in this world floating around as people um and we're married but i think this will apply to any people having sex whether you're married or not um our freedom and level of enjoyment of life has been so impacted by our perspective of our own and each other's sexuality and just sexuality in general and our parenting and all these things so to even like have this conversation we view it as kind of a step forward um, because we want to reduce shame and increase education and in our case a lot of what we do around here is we just want to share like our story honestly in the hopes that it would spark conversations and potentially change in your life. Not to say that you would be like us. That's like not what we're saying at all. But that even if if we're saying, oh, hey, we like tried this and it was like really good or bad, you would say, oh, well, that gave me an idea. Like, because. Well, and I think another hope is by talking about sex in this way, hopefully it's another step towards normalizing talking about sex in ways that are actually meaningful to people yeah okay so that being said our story is that um i mean i guess i'll briefly share we we had a pretty rough go of our sexuality for i mean our honeymoon was a nightmare so we waited we didn't have intercourse till the night we got married 
everything but people everything but but well we and we never had intercourse with anyone we were both virgins even though true i don't i had kissed a girl a girlfriend whatever yeah um i'd never touched boobs nothing and that was like we, we were deeply that was like a huge part of who we were and our value system we got married um <clears throat> and had a rough go of it sex was tough on our honeymoon emotionally and for 15 10 15 years i would say it was hard i mean we had like orgasms um and awesome makeup sex and like the mechanics made sense but there was a lot of baggage and i don't know and i i think the last four years we've stepped out of a lot of the shame mindset that was surrounding our sexual mentality and with that we've left we've kind of separated Sex used to be 100% dictated by morality. And now mm-hmm. morality is a um, factor for us, but it's a little bit more complicated. Um, like, but it's not the only factor. It's just one factor of sexuality. Just like when you go shopping, like not stealing is one factor in shopping, but mm-hmm. it's not like the whole way you view shopping is like moral. It's like not a moral thing. Like whether you decide chocolate milk or Mountain Dew. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I think sexuality for us coming from the background we came from was so highly charged. Um, it like took on a life of its own because it was like considered like the holy grail. Like you need to treat it a certain way. And if you don't like look out. So. But I have, um, good news and that is that the last three years i think we've had the best sex we've had in our entire marriage i'll Mm -hmm. I'll put it this way i've enjoyed it more than almost you could say like all the other years combined yeah i think i would have to say the same but i don't think it's a coincidence that that was it coincided with losing a lot of that shame and kind of false morality and just how heavy we viewed it all. So with that in mind, we were just on our anniversary and actually, and I'm not fucking making this shit up. I think on our anniversary, which is, that's like quintessential. Mm-hmm. I feel like we had the best sex that I had had all year. Like, on the <laughs> actual day of. Like, how the hell do you plan that? I don't think you can plan it. I mean, we did go away. So we were by ourselves in a nice, like, hotel thing. So I gave the experience a 10 out of 10. And you gave it... 7 out of... I think you gave it an 8, I thought. that the The experience... On my birthday, you gave a 7 out of 10. Oh, so many experiences. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> As okay. you can tell, we, we rate our sexual experiences. Well, the good ones. Um, Not everyone. So being as that we had this really fun experience on our 19th wedding anniversary, um, I, I don't know how I just got the idea, but I was like, well, let's share. Um, what is this list called again? 10 things that have helped keep our marriage sexually exciting 
mm. especially in the last five years. And maybe some of these things will help you guys out, um, or at least help or you judge us. Either one. Maybe you could relate to. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, number one, pictures. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, gosh, I wish we would have taken more pictures. Wow, you first, were just going with this. You the go, first girl. ten years. Well, it's sad to me. Like, dang, I wish I like had naked pictures of my body before I had kids. Like, not because like, not because like I think oh my body was so amazing and now it's not. Like I don't believe that. But I just to be able to see that transition in pictures and I I don't remember like what my boobs looked like back then. Like. I was honestly trying. Okay, now I know I'm going on tangent here, but Dude, go, I go, was girl. trying to remember any memory I had before the age of twenty, or I guess I should say nineteen, of my boobs. Like I, I don't think I have one, and I thought that's kind of crazy. Like I think you can explain why. Like, well, why is that, why that's crazy to you? It's not crazy in the sense of where I came from, but it's crazy in the sense that, like, shoot, like I think I I don't I, th- I don't think it's as simple as I blocked it out, but I think I couldn't register or appreciate or look at my body um, at all. Um, I don't remember looking in the mirror at it naked. Like I have like a faint memory probably when I was around 10 of looking like between my legs a little bit, (sighs) but not even with a mirror, just like as much as I could. And that's like it. And I mean, there's a lot of context here, but what you've concluded, what we've concluded is the reason for this is is going back to the shame thing Mm -hmm. that and it wasn't taught explicitly that's what makes it tricky because Mm -mm. no one was saying your body is gross but the way that it's actually just not addressed and not talked about and not celebrated Mm -hmm. you kind of come to those conclusions yourself yeah so then when you have the option to get dressed and look at yourself in the mirror and be like damn that's hot or just like rush to put on clothes or just like there is no curiosity like uh, about my body at least that I was consciously aware of and could act on. That's a shame. Yeah, I think so. But now, so. it's different. I'm yeah. I'm a photographer, and I'm yeah. more interested in taking pictures of you, and I think I'm more visual in that way. I mean, it's. I guess it's better that we're doing it in our mid to late 30s than waiting till we're in our 60s. So I we mean, take pictures, and we have, like, a private place where we can store them and look at them and i guess there's a few videos too but it's mostly pictures and it's and we create it or we treat it as an art especially you like i think you really do a good job treating it that way it's like really fun for me it's like something i enjoy and you've helped me see it more that way too because what a photographer can do i mean and there there's like simple nudes i mean like you can just do like i guess dick pics or tit pics or whatever um those are fun too so i don't want to make it sound like we're all super sophisticated because a lot of the stuff is just it's just like fun but there's also a level where it's like a good photographer will show you what they see through a picture um Mm -hmm. 
and I appreciate your body. And I feel like with some of the pictures I take, I'm able to show you Mm -hmm. the way I see you. And I'm able to express what I want to express. And yeah, so we like take full on uh, like of the whole body a lot of times, different poses, nude mostly, but sometimes with like a little bit of clothes or I don't know. We just kind of have fun with it. Yeah. Okay. Pictures. Check. Number one. Number two, shaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember when I started shaving like my pubic hair. Or honestly, it was sometime when we were married because I don't think I did before. Oh, I guarantee you didn't oh, do I, it before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I didn't do it before. Um... Sometime, like, I feel like it, maybe it was five years in, maybe it was a little longer. We started toying around with it. Maybe it was 10 years in. But that, that's that been a fun thing. Um, it's kind of like we, we kind of have a rhythm where now where we, like, every Saturday we both shave ourselves and um, – that's the day that we have more more time to dedicate to our sex time. And so that's been cool just to be able to, I don't know, I think it's another kind of art form where I, I think it's pubic hair is fine and nothing wrong with it. But to be able to just like remove it a little bit or a lot or just do different things with it. Why do you like it? Well, Cammie, I'm glad you asked. Um, I was going to see how long you're going to talk for. It, guys. Like, <laughs> listen, um, Ben's actually... Well, I like the way it like looks better talking. without it. But mm-hmm. there's... I mean, that's kind of the obvious no-duh one for me. But there's another layer where it creates a level of intentionality around our sexuality and around our genitals that's just like... You know, we dedicate so much time to our face and all these places of our body that you know for things that we think are important if you go in for a job interview or you cut your fingernails and or your clothes yeah and i think sometimes with sex it's easy to just be like oh you know especially if you're married maybe you just stop caring or i I don't know i guess i mean we haven't been this way that's the whole reason why i'm sharing this is that's been very valuable for us Mm -hmm. just for me to have that level of intentionality and just be like, oh, cool, we like this. Like, we experiment. You have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, and you do it regularly. And, you know, it's all preference, but it, it's intentionality. Yeah. Okay. Number three, we went to a nudist resort. Yeah. I like I like this whole I say the list, then you say <laughs> I go for it. Because I never know what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, this was kind of crazy because. And keep in mind, we. Need to keep rolling. Yeah. Um. What was it? A year and a half ago, two years ago now, we went to News Resort for the first time. We've since gone two or three times. No. Um, Less than one year ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Nine months ago. Really? Yes, September. But it feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it totally does. Um, This initially was like, was Ben's more your fantasy, I think. But it, it was really cool for me because I kind of, in just going along with it and saying like, oh, I'm sure I'll get something out of it too, thinking, 
I realized like I actually really like being naked around people like that's kind of fun for me I mean there's like this initial transition that can be a little bit tough but there was like I <laughs> I just realized like I think I'm a nudist like I like this um so that was and I just I found I think a lot of freedom from those those experiences so your turn well for me it was really bizarre for me that the level I mean our sexuality was really important to me it was one of the most important things in our relationship and in my life actually um going back to Enneagram there's like different there's three different like instincts that people prioritize and mine is the sexual instinct which isn't always explicit physical sexuality but that type of intimacy and relationship is, is a very high value of mine and it was so weird that this thing that was so valuable to me like your body and this like this experience we had mm-hmm. we weren't able to share with anyone else ever right and i get the the christian argument that we are raised with which is like oh you're mine and it's like for my eyes only but like what if it's not <laughs> Like, what if it's okay if a guy looks at Cammy and is like, damn, she's hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we didn't... Like, we that did- doesn't destroy our marriage. Yeah. Or that doesn't have to be creepy. Yeah, it can just be like, just like any piece of art. Like, your body, it's not, it doesn't belong to me. I mean, it's yours, and Well, it's and that's another belief that's yeah. different, but yeah. Okay, so... Anyways, Nudist Resort was cool. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's other bodies there. There's a million other bodies mm-hmm. there. There's chicks with dicks. There's a yeah. lot of chicks with um, boob jobs, which in my opinion is not as interesting. And then there's, you know, people with mastectomies. And there's people, big bodies, small bodies, all sorts. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. And it's inspiring, I think, to see all those people just show up. In their body. <laughs> okay, exhibitionism. Um, you go for it. Uh, I don't exactly know where you're going with that one. Me neither. Okay. Um, I guess what I can say is this. Um, you know, there's there's different levels of this that have, that have been interesting. Like, you know, I know that you've done a lot more, like, flashing. Like, ever since actually going to the New Year's Resort... What changed for us to be able to go to the nudist resort was to actually believe that our sexuality and that our bodies weren't wrong. And that... And and sharing it with, like, if someone else was to see it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Now, I don't want to show up to the front door naked when the pizza delivery guy shows up. Like, you know, that's crossing a line for me where it's like, okay, I'm, you know, forcing you to see something that you don't want to see. But not also, necessarily. Yeah. But on the flip side, I'm not going to architect my entire life to make sure that we're never seen, you know. And this has yeah. been huge with kids, with just like, you know, I think we feel feel more free to walk around in our house naked, like, you know, from my bedroom to the bathroom, which is all of four feet, and we have like our own wing of the house. And like, if a kid sees me from like across the house, like, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's not exhibitionism actually because i think exhibitionism is another layer but it's all kind of tied together with you know you flashing me your boobs or wearing a skirt and lifting your skirt up like in like a public-ish place where you're not seen by other people but at the same time someone else might see 
what you're doing, even if they can't see your actual boobs, mm-hmm. and you would never have been okay with that before. And now you're like, we're like, hey, like we're in love, <laughs> and like if someone sees that Cammy's showing me their boobs, that's not the end of the world to us. Mm-hmm. I think more to you. Like you were more scared of that. Yeah. Yep. All right, toys. <laughs> I think we. Well, I think me, I've just scratched the surface with those, like, gotten a little more comfortable with, like, a vibrator or a butt plug. Um, you brought toys into the relationship more early on, and I think I was just, like, oh, you were scared totally to freaked out by You're them. like, are those guns? Yeah, I'm like okay that's okay let's just keep those over there in that box but but i've i've come to appreciate them really recently and i don't think we we've gone nuts with toys at all Mm -hmm. uh like we've gone into the sex shop a couple times and bought a few things but to me just the what's changed with you and where we're at now is just like it's an option like we could go in there yeah and like look around and be like hey like Mm -hmm. do we want to try something tonight and then if we're like no or yes like it's just like on the table Mm -hmm. okay number six porn um this is a hot topic for some people yeah i guess we've brought up so much yeah if you're against porn no problem we're not trying to talk anyone into it but if you're against porn you're just like porn is bad i'm like okay that's pretty simple. And I think we at least have to admit that there's pros and cons to anything. So if you're not willing to admit that there's any pros, well, this isn't a very interesting conversation because we're going to share, I want to share one pro in particular, and it's pretty personal for you, so I hope you don't mind. Do you mind? No. Okay. Um, uh, this was, what, two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, you were specifically we had just got okay with like, Hey, maybe watching porn isn't absolutely wrong. And you were specifically, I remember watching scenes of females having orgasms. And here's the thing with porn. I don't know if it's real or not. Like I, I'm assuming most of it's not, I don't care. Um, for the sake of this discussion. Um, and, but you seeing women be more free or express emotion or orgasms differently was very eye-opening and I think life-changing for you. Oh yeah. Because you had, this is something growing up in the religious community, no one ever talked about, or I mean, people might've like acknowledged that they happened, but there's this perspective of a woman that's like very like in control and very almost emotionless. I mean, like you could cry when someone dies, I guess, but almost like any type of like ecstatic joy orgasmic anything absolute pleasure loss of physical control is totally frowned upon in that world so to see women that are like convulsing physically or their faces or they're screaming or whatever like that i don't want to say it blew your mind but it kind of it did in a way well it helped me unlock my or get in touch with that side of me um that i don't think 
I really accepted um, until more recently. Um, to be able to see, yeah, to be able to like specifically see women do this for me was, yeah, really powerful. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like they were like role models, you know, it's even. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they were teaching me like, this is okay. And you're made to do this. And this isn't just a dude thing and yeah like have fun like like oh like. yeah th there's no nothing wrong with that there doesn't need to be shame around that um yeah so just watching you transform in this last couple of years mm -hmm. like i went through stages where porn i like looked at it for a lot of my life but i always felt guilty about it and i i tried to cut it out which i almost successfully did for most of eight years and then we kind of like said like uh we don't even know if believe we stopped believing it was wrong actually and then i was like kind of what's the phrase i'm looking for like um i don't know but no holds barred like it was like holy crap we can look at porn whenever we want so we did and then it got kind of like like it got kind of boring because porn's like not it's really interesting when you can't look at it but when you can <laughs> It's, it's like, all a bit the same. Yeah, it's all like kind of fake, <laughs> and it's like two bodies. They're like they're like mating or faking mating, and it you know so. Yeah. But I don't want to overlook that that it brought that um, awareness, so that kind of like inspiration to you that that I was even I, possible. I needed, yeah. Okay, so uh, number seven, reading. Um, we have read what not 10 sex books in the last three years but more than five i feel like yeah i mean Probably. sex ed books with kids like mm -hmm. female anatomy books for you actually including all the kids sex ed books i mean it's, it's just kind of a thing that we're always learning about which i think is especially important for us because a lot of the reading it didn't have to do with information but it had to do with normalizing a taboo topic and removing mm -hmm. shame Mm -hmm. So every book that we read, I mean, these were not religious books, most of them, by the way, mm -hmm. because those books, what they what they taught was they taught a code for how to live life, but they taught to experience shame if you're not living up to that code. So th there was this like unwritten teaching that was happening that was yeah. far more powerful than whatever was originally intended. Right. So we're talking non-religious books. Uh, specifically fundamentalist books, non-fundamentalist books. And yeah, so just, we were curious. And every book that we read had a little less shame. You know, the book uh, Beyond Birds and the Bees, like about sex with kids mm -hmm. was highly transformative to me. Yeah. Yeah, and Come As You Are uh, was a book that I read that focused on... Um, female anatomy but also um biology psychology and how it there's deference from from men in some ways in some ways not i'll put a link to um our recommended books on our amazon list and the show notes if you guys are interested but okay number eight 
this is the one I had to kind of manufacture because I only had nine, and I was like, oh, we need a top ten list. Number eight is oil. Oh, yeah. But that actually has been really nice. Mm-hmm. Massage oil. Mm-hmm. I think we got a little thing of lavender coconut oil, and actually we made our own from Whole Foods. Um, well, no, we bought it from Whole Foods, but then I got my own and uh-huh. I made all these different flavors or whatever. We sound so hippy-dippy. Well, I just um, did it because it was cheaper. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's something else then. Um, yeah, it. that's been really cool. Um, I feel like it's helped us get in touch with the sensual side of our bodies and sexuality. And it's helped slow da- us slow down Did the whole that we do sex. Massage? Oh, right. Yeah, we do massages <laughs> to each other. Naked. Naked. Um, full body. Um, oh, yeah. And what helps? Not every time. The massage oil is fun, though, time. because massages are just, they just feel so lame to me. Like, because you're just like, okay, I'm just like touching your body. And it's like, why aren't we having sex? But the oil, it was like, okay, now this is a thing. Like it, Hmm. you know, you kind of like rub it in and it feels like, you know, an accessory that actually creates kind of a, not a sacredness, but a bit of an intentionality to an event. Well, it kind of looks, looks really pretty on a body too, when you put oil on it. Nice. Yeah. Um, And then what one thing that worked for us really well is to set a timer so you take turns and you're like mm-hmm. five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever your patience level is i mean if you can get to 20 you're a fucking rock star in my opinion um but because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. i can't do 20 yeah. uh if I you don't. can do 20 leave I a don't. comment with how because no i think there's some people who naturally are just really good at massages and i think Ben and I aren't very good at it, but we try. Um, okay, so that was fun. Okay, number nine or ten. Now I'm. These are the big ones. Okay. Now which one should we <laughs> do first? Uh, let's get the anal one done. Well, there it is. Drum roll. <laughs> number nine. Yep. Anal sex, or just anal play. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tough one because. Like, there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of stigma, but there's also stigma around just being explicit. Period. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I don't exactly know how to tell a story. This is what we tried, by the way, on our anniversary, uh, and we tried it before, but it was kind of a disaster early on in our marriage. <laughs> and we have done anal play because here's some here's some facts for you. Let's just throw down and act like we're scientists for a second. There's a lot of nerves in the anus um, for the man male your prostate is there for the female it's there's still like i noticed for you there's a lot of nerve endings there's there pleasure centers is that a thing (laughs) so for us we've done fingers and other things and lubes and and stuff and played around um but we'd never done like anything penetrative in a way that it was fun right uh, especially for you right and if it's not fun for you then it's really not fun for me yeah and, you know, long story short, I think we had enough trust and enough experience and enough patience and a high enough desire to be able to explore within what we consider like safe and trusted environments. Well, and I think I, 
I know a big thing for me is I was like super afraid of it for so long. And there was like a little bit of that left over in this last experience, but it didn't, not enough to monopolize the and experience. Would you, would you label that as irrational fears? Because I think um, my guess is if there's conservatives listening, they're going to say like, oh yeah, well, statistically anal is blah, blah. And they'll list off all these dangers. I, I think some of it was irrational. I think some of it was, I mean, I don't know what falls under irrational, but I think some of it was like lack of exposure, good exposure and education. Um, it was kind of like the unknown, like, or, and then the little I did know, like freaked me out. And then so much I didn't know. So that freaked me out. And well, and you were full down, full on shutdown mode for any sexual exploration for a long time. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, for me, it was a bit of a holy grail in that, like, I had been interested in it just because Cammy like, wouldn't allow it, yeah. <laughs> I think. I don't think that's the only reason, but that, it was a little, it was frustrating to me for a lot of years because she was just, like, totally closed down to it, and... My guess is, I'm just I'm just guessing from the people we've talked to, that there's a lot of people out there that have sexual fantasies, whether it's anal or something else, that they feel like if they were to bring up to their spouse, they would just be completely shut down or mocked or made fun of or shamed or something. And that is a real bummer to me. Mm-hmm. And I know why it exists and I know it's hard, but that, like, so the anal thing, you guys, it's not really about, like, we're not like, okay, go do anal tonight. But that was a huge victory for us because it represented another level of openness mm-hmm. and adventure and exploration. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much we'll do that in the future. Like, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It felt good. I We, like, we were, like, really... In fact, we had sex, and you, like, put your arm up in, like, almost like a touchdown motion. <laughs> Sorry, is that too uh, personal? Uh, but you were, it was well, a victory. I just felt, yeah, it was a victory for me, and then a victory I felt also for Ben and for our relationship. Um, yeah, there was so much emotion that kind of accumulated to that, that got me to that point where I just wanted to be, like, hell yeah like because there's just so many years that i felt like i battled um so much fear around that and yeah i don't know like yeah anyways so i really really enjoyed it but Mm -hmm. far more enjoying the physical experience was the emotional hurdles that we had to overcome to get here and what that represented yeah because to me it was just us being like hey we can play and have fun Mm -hmm. and we don't have to like be caught up and i mean i I saw a lot of your fears as being irrational i know there were some that were rational but it was just like it was just scary because it was sexual and it was like unknown right um so to see you not have that i felt closer to you than i felt to you in a long time it possibly ever like i don't know hmm. high five cool. yeah i think can we do a little clappy I, I feel like it's totally appropriate uh oh for anal sex experience on the high on the anniversary yep 
I mean, you're just not going to get that type of applause for married couples having anal sex for the first time on other podcasts. Yeah. Um, okay, number 10. Now, I feel like a total cheeseball putting this as number 10 because it's so important. And in a way, it should be number one. But I put it as number 10 because it's actually the most important, I think, to me. But it feels cheesy, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. And that is therapy. Yeah. I'm not even talking about sexual therapy, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, so little of our therapy experience has been discussing actual sex. Yeah. So much of it has been understanding why we do what we do and right. getting an idea, getting ideas for other options of ways to live and exist that we didn't know were possible. And it all ties together. So. And all the time that we've put into therapy understanding ourselves and our dynamics things that you would think are completely unrelated mm-hmm. have made our sex life go through the roof i mean in a way it made all the other things on the list even possible hmm. you know yeah that's why it's so ridiculous to diminish it like i feel like people are like would rather hear about anal than to hear about therapy but the therapy is what got us to the anal, first of all, and every and everything else. We should tell that to our therapist. <laughs> hey, be like, yo, hey. high five. Don't worry, I washed this hand. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Last week, I washed it. Um, that would be really funny. I wonder how he'd take that. He'd probably, he'd probably laugh. I'd try and get him to laugh. Yeah. But probably. he doesn't laugh very easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I can't wait to go to therapy. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, so is there anything else you want to say about that? Um, well, I just think therapy isn't just for people in crisis, although that a lot of times is what get gets people there. That's what got us there, to be honest. Um, but I realize, I mean, everyone has hangups and things that they need help to get through. Um, to kind of grow and just experience life more fully. And if you're open to that, I think if you find a, a good therapist, that person can help you on that journey. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know a person alive that probably couldn't um, benefit from that kind of thing. Now I know people are only going to benefit if they want it and if they find a good therapist and if they find a good therapist could be expensive but yeah i mean it's something to think about i mean if but if you're not open to therapy i guess this is what i want to say if if you're not open to therapy and if you're not open to evolving changing and growing emotionally i don't think you should be surprised if your sex life is boring as hell yeah and that's a sad truth but what are you looking for cutters i think our sex lives are not a separate entity altogether i mean they can be i mean you can have like you can have awesome amazing sex with strangers and new people every time and create new experiences but in a way you're going to be like repeating the same thing and what I'm, what I'm proud of accomplishing with you 
um, and myself, because sexuality, it's personal also, um, is that we have worked past, you know, I mean, like, I just think of one example, like makeup sex. We used to have amazing makeup sex. We'd get in these fights, and then the electricity and the energy would just be, like, through the roof for us. Like, the type of sex I wanted to have on my honeymoon, we would have on makeup sex. But it was kind of... Um, I don't want to call it shallow, but it kind of had the same result every time where we'd kind of like burn out from it. Like we'd finish the makeup sex and I'd be like, well, here we are. We still have the same problems. Like it, it covered up issues for a little bit, but didn't, it didn't last very long and it didn't go very deep. Right. And now the irony is we don't have good makeup sex because we don't have fights in that same way. And we don't use sex in that same way. We have other tools for dealing with things. So we yeah. don't we don't pin so much on sex in that way, but the sexual it's opened up all this this other energy for sexual exploration and freedom, and like I said, what I think is the best sex we've ever had. So that's just one picture of growth and evolution that is a byproduct of us getting. I don't I don't I don't want to put it all on therapy. Because we're we're kind of fiends for growth anyways. But a therapist helped us grow past the things we couldn't grow past ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. We did it. Just bared our souls. <laughs> bared our souls there and you go. our asses. <laughs> um, how do you feel about that? Is it weird to talk about sex to the internet and all these people? Yeah. But someone's got to do it. It's kind of weird. Like, after you do this enough, like what we've done, you just don't give a fuck. Not in a way where you're like, you're not not human and you don't care about anything. But you realize, okay, so... Everyone deals with this stuff. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, they're they're all sexual beings. (laughs) You know, no one's like... In our culture, there's there's a perceived information of power power of information it's just kind of like nudity like if i'm wearing clothes and you're not i feel like i have an edge on you where you like like you should be experiencing some level of shame or something but if you don't have that in your head i don't have that power well and if you kind of look at the other person holding that over you as like you're just fooling yourself yeah like you're naked under those okay great now you know we have we do all these things it's like what are you going to do with that information like we don't care like <laughs> fucking blackmail us or like say like yeah we don't have as many orgasms as you or whatever then you teach us your ways <laughs> like I, I think runner up on the list could have been multiple orgasms hmm yeah working on that one you gotta tune in <laughs> next week <laughs> just kidding um okay what do we got here um few announcements um I was going to mention, Robin, I don't know if you're listening to this particular podcast because I don't know if you're interested in sex uh, our topics, sex life. our sex life, <laughs> but Robin just became a $5 patron right before this podcast started, which is really exciting to me because she also bought me this tank top <laughs> for my birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> so thanks to Robin. And we are boosting up our patron um patreon page uh and there's two things that we offer now 
for $5 and $10 contributors, and that is uh, access to a Q&A that's exclusive to you. So you can imagine if this is what we talk about in our non-Q&As, mm-hmm. like our public stuff, we want to add that much more value in our private stuff. And it's not just by getting weird. So if you and... give five or more dollars, you get... Multiple you... orgasms. <laughs> you get uh, access to a private Q&A, right? With... Yes. Yes. And okay. for $10, um, it's a way for you to be on a team where you get to help select... Um, what topics we cover on the podcast and vlogs. And I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work, but this is a way for us to, like, we want the money to get paid for what we're doing, but we actually just don't want the money from, like, Pepsi or Coke or Red Bull. We want it from you guys, if you guys value it, if you guys think it's worth it. We'd rather not only take the money, but take the voice that comes along with, what questions do you guys want to hear? What topics do you want to talk about? Like... I'd rather hear from the people that are supporting us than like it helps us filter out. There's like so many just YouTube commenters out there that, that probably don't care about the content. Um, so anyways, we would appreciate you taking a look at that and considering that if that's something you're interested in. Otherwise we do have our trusty chair fund here, which I am sad to report did not grow at all this week. And my ass is really sore because we sit on these sorry ass stools and someday we're going to buy nice chairs for us using this money. Um, and, we're not going to get to any phone calls today, but we would really appreciate you guys leaving some messages. We have some stored up, but 206-651-5744 is where you can leave a voice message, one question per voicemail, but leave as many as you want. We really appreciate that. And we want people to record messages about the 50th episode, hmm. um, which is a story of something that you've, walked away from with this podcast something about your life mm-hmm. so please do that asap because number 50 is coming up so just call and say you know whatever you want we want to hear your stories um that's it yeah all right thanks guys peace out thank you for listening to fight for together we'll see you next